Hey everyone, this is your friend Bully, and you're listening to Bully Esquire. In this podcast, we chat with the movers and shakers from the worlds of finance, tech, crypto, politics, law, and media, and everything in between. Thanks for joining. Let's dive in. This podcast is powered by Blockworks, the fastest growing crypto media company. Blockworks has 20 crypto and finance podcasts, and I'm excited to be part of the network. Visit blockworks.co for access to the highest quality information in the space. I promise you won't be disappointed. Today's episode is brought to you by Node40, Crypto.com, and Gemini. You'll hear more about them later in the episode. Today's guest, I'm super excited, one of my oldest friends in crypto is Desiree Dickerson, the VP of BizOps at Lightning Labs. Des, how are you doing? Good. I feel like it has been such a long time, but it feels like literally like yesterday, I remember like talking to you in the pod, like <laughs> over Thanksgiving dinner um, and, and and chatting with folks. So it's, it's really great to kind of connect and hear it's, you know, things have changed quite a bit yeah it's funny too like the the price is exactly the same right? <laughs> I, mean, I so today i you know this will come out in a few weeks but today was bitcoin hit its all-time high so you know we're back at 20k at least temporarily um were you able to witness that or were you bogged down in work no totally Totally and absolutely bogged down, but, um, you know, I like to um, kind of reference Elizabeth, like, she's always like, no, like, you know, we need to focus, we need to build, and when when the price really spikes, people get, like, distracted, and all they care about is, like, when moon and Lamborghinis, and you know, they stop building, <laughs> they stop like, doing the stuff that's necessary for, you know, for this all to work, um, so, yeah, I was doing exactly you know, the opposite. And I was kind of in the weeds um, on my computer and I randomly looked at Twitter and was like, oh, holy shit. I'll talk high. Like, I totally missed it. Um, but, you know, it's exciting stuff. Sure. Yeah. There's, a, there's that meme you see on crypto Twitter now and again, where it's the guy sitting in a dark room on New Year's Eve and then it hits New Year's and he sort of lifts a flag up and blows his horn and then goes right back to what he was doing and sort of like us we're like yay back to it yeah exactly so i, I try not you know like the last time this happened and then we slow the price slowly decreased i was like you know i'm not gonna let myself get excited um like i did last time because i know i'll always get let down um when the price drops again so just gonna like, sure. ignore ignore put my blinders on this time's different right yeah, exactly <laughs> So, you know, you mentioned that we sort of came up together in early 2017. How did, how did you get into crypto? I actually don't think I know this. Oh, man. Um, so this is a, a story that I get, um, I definitely get ragged on um, for a bit. Um, and it's quite embarrassing, but happy to share it. Um, so when I was in grad school, actually, um, I was in a really small program. Um, and it was probably about like, 30 people and everyone was um, older than myself, which was great, but you know, they were all like married and have kids and, and whatnot. And so I didn't have a ton of friends, right? And I'd moved to a new city. And so I just spent all of my time on Reddit. I mean, I was already spending a lot of time on Reddit, but at this point was like, all my free time was spent on Reddit. Uh, and so I had stumbled on our Dogecoin back in the day. And I was like, oh, this is fun and nice. And everybody's, you know, this is a, a cool community that does creative things. And, 
you know, they did a whole like NASCAR thing and whatever college football bowl that was that they sponsored. I was like, this is hilarious and fun and everybody is so nice. So I just kind of, you know, chatted in there and, and followed along, followed Dogecoin along just because, you know, for shits and giggles. And then, um, yeah, I and mean, that, that was my entrance. And then I kind of, you know, I'd obviously heard of Bitcoin before this, but like never paid it much attention. But then, you know, I kind of circled back and was like, oh, okay. All right, like Bitcoin is the real version of this total meme coin. Um, okay, like I'm going to start looking at this a little bit more. So um, that's how I kind of got into Bitcoin. And um, and I just followed along through like all of like the management consulting that I did just passively interested. Um, and then, you know, I just became super disenfranchised with um you know, some of the project I was working on, especially with the federal government. And, you know, that's when I got like really active on crypto Twitter. I blocked everybody on my company, in my company and just started like going <laughs> hardcore um, and, you know, getting involved in like the telegram groups and, you know, meeting um, folks like yourself and, and Dale and like everybody in the pod. And so, um, yeah, that's, it was just kind of like, you know, a spiral into like total Bitcoin degen um, and then, uh, you know, like a, a little over like two and a half years ago I um, joined Lightning Labs so I've just kind of been down that rabbit hole ever since. Sure. And what were you studying in grad school? Um, totally related biophysics and physiology. <laughs> oh so you're smarter than me is that what you're saying Des? No no no, no. I'm, I'm just saying it's a, it's a, a totally um useful background to have when you um you're doing um business stuff in um, bitcoin but you know. <laughs> right well that's all right i suppose physics is everything is physics right reductionism and all that yeah yeah basically at the end of the day right i mean that's what keeps me um that was that's what keeps me sane when i still am paying off my student loans you know so <laughs> right. so you mentioned you joined lightning labs a couple of years ago um Tell us about that. That you must have been one of the first employees there, then, huh? Um, I believe we were at like six or seven when I joined. I think. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're still pretty small. Um, but yeah, I was one of um, the you know very early or earlier type ish folks. Um, but you know, right now we're um, we're at like seventeen or eighteen ish, um, like at the twenty mark. So we kind of keep it like very lean. I think a lot of folks are really shocked by that um you know when you kind of take a look at um you know what we kind of pump out in terms of like products and um product updates and releases it's it's quite impressive um the team is so small but um yeah we're definitely growing so i will do a little shameless plug we have a bunch of we have a few jobs listed on our careers page so folks um you know interested in working at lightning labs um you know my dms are open that's a dangerous um freight but <laughs> <laughs> sure yes professional inquiries only yeah exactly so <laughs> well great um and you know i'm i'm aware that it's elizabeth stark who founded the company and you know like you said you weren't around in the the very early days but do you have a sense for like how she decided to start it like what her vision was yeah, I mean, I think you know she's been a, a Bitcoiner since really since the beginning. You can like go back. You know, she pulls some of her tweets from back in the day, and I get kind of like creeped out because I'm like, holy shit, you were tweeting like 
10 years ago about stuff that's actually happening um, today. And, you know, her story is like just really incredible. I mean, I think, you know, what drew her to this is like, you know, how do you, um, what drew her to Bitcoin is like, how do you send value over the internet? Um, you know, she was thinking a lot about like artists and, um, you know, like people who are creating digital music um, and just how to kind of um, send that, like, pay people and like, democratize like how people were being paid in the um you know the music industry and so i think um that's some of what drew her to that but i mean you know she's always kind of been ahead of the curve on like you know thinking about scaling bitcoin um you know so she's been if you look at her tweet she's been thinking about this forever and the fact that like i think if you look on um our medium page uh at the beginning of this year she had written um a, a beautiful medium article um kind of talking about um, our recent fundraise and the um, lightning loop um, release. And she had, you know, pulled one of her old tweets. It was just like, it was just incredible to see that she's had this vision for so long and, it, and it's really coming to fruition. So I'm like, you know, kind of want to ask her for the lottery numbers, but um, <laughs> like give those stuff. Yeah, it's cool, you know, that she's kind of like seen this all along and um yeah and she's really kind of been been building this out yeah no it's it's impressive the growth i i did doing a little research it looks like you guys well the the company raised 10 million bucks in february and one of the key investors was jack dorsey um who obviously started twitter and a bunch of other very successful companies so have you uh have you interacted with jack is he sort of hands-on is he on the board or is he more of just like write a check and let the team run. Um, so Jack was actually an investor in our um, in our seed round, um, mm. but you know, nonetheless, like obviously, he is a big backer of um, of Bitcoin, and you know, is obviously super involved with that with Square Crypto, and you know, they're doing um, some work on Lightning, and um, they're doing a lot for like kind of um, like thinking about um, adoption for Bitcoin and um, usability so I, I believe they have like a cool design slack um where they kind of talk about you know how do we frame bitcoin um to make it easier to understand and onboard people so you know yeah he's um you know obviously saw potential in lightning and obviously bitcoin and it's cool to see that he's kind of um you know supporting um the ecosystem in general sure yeah no and it's certainly an admirable effort or sort of goal that Lightning Labs has. Of course, if you go back and look at the Satoshi white paper, the, the title is Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. And it seems like a lot of folks these days sort of forget that that's what it started as, was like this idea of a way to basically be a payment system. And now, you know, you always hear the store of value sort of thesis behind Bitcoin, but it's, you know, these layer two solutions, I think, offer a lot of promise in Bitcoin and Lightning Labs, I'd argue, is probably at the forefront of that. So it's, you know, I think it's a great effort and it's good to see so many talented people involved in the project. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy to see how big that Lightning has grown. Um, you know, a lot of times it seems so small. And I mean, it really was like when I started um, at Lightning Labs, I mean, the most of the people who are 
working on lightning or, you know, building things with lightning, it was just like very, you know, kind of on the side, fun, like tinker, tinker builder type of folks. And, you know, even a year ago at the lightning conference, um, something I kind of had led um, an initiative at the company that um, we kind of, I kind of hosted these round tables with folks who were building on lightning to hear what, um, you know, what they were working on, what they were struggling with, what was going, um, what was going well, um, you know, and just like learning how to interface with um, our users um, um, as a company. But anyways, I mean, really what's remarkable is that, you know, that was a year ago and there was probably, I, I had like 30 people um, that I had at these roundtables. And now when I host these roundtables, there's well over a hundred, 110 um, different people from different companies who are actually building really robust um, businesses on top of lightning and it's just really remarkable I mean just in one year you know we're seeing a lot of like venture capital um, money come into the space so it's not just like hey it's cool like you know we're like eating chickens on lightning or you know we're buying beer with lightning like people are building like really really incredible businesses on top of lightning you look at fold you look at strike and it's just you know it's incredible how quickly um, this ecosystem is beginning to mature. Yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely want to like, I'm so tempted to just dive right into that. But before we do, um, do you mind maybe for folks who don't even really know what lightning is or don't know the difference between layer one or layer two, can you just give sort of like a really basic background on the difference between like lightning and and bitcoin as a layer one protocol and sort of like how lightning works over top of bitcoin yeah i mean i think you know really kind of it's hard to explain when you're this far um into it it's kind of hard to explain at a high level sure. and i mean that like kind of says a lot to the nature of like you know how we need to be communicating um, the narratives around these technologies. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I kind of, you know, like to equate, a lot of people say, okay, like the Lightning Network is Visa to um, Bitcoin's bank, right? So obviously Lightning, the Lightning Network is a layer two solution. So it sits on top of the Bitcoin blockchain and makes it easier to spend um, to spend Bitcoin makes it easier, cheaper, faster, and easier to use. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I tend to explain it to people. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. that, that's where like you go down, you go down the rabbit hole and it becomes super complicated. Um, right. with talking about HTLCs and, you know, it's a, it's a, network of payments and they're basically like it's a bad analogy but they're basically like little ious that um you can make multiple payments and then you know once you're kind of ready to cash out your your final balances um broadcast to the base like the bitcoin blockchain and that's like kind of the truth and re reliability at the end of the day because you obviously have the entire network validating all those transactions so um, I don't know if that's like a good explanation. Um, there's yeah. like tons, tons of resources that are like um, really good at explaining these things. But yeah, again, like at the end of the day, um, the way I like to explain it to people like in my family where it's just like, okay, this is like the, this is, this is the visa to Bitcoin's bank really. 
Right. So I guess like if I own one Bitcoin in Coinbase or something and it's worth 20 grand um, and I want to send you 200 bucks, I'd get an address and then, you know, it'd have to go through what, six confirmations, which takes 60 minutes on the Bitcoin network. And it would probably cost me, you know, five, 10 bucks to do that. Um, I guess one of the benefits of Lightning is that, would, would you describe it as like a side chain? No. Or is it different? Yeah. I mean, I'm not like the most well-versed on side chains. It's, it's definitely not a side chain. It is like layer two. It's like a second layer. Um, and mm -hmm. so really it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm not super familiar. Like I, I'm not great at explaining why lightning is not a side chain. Like that's, yeah. Gotcha. I'm not going to be the best person to run through that for sure. All right. Well, maybe I'll bug one of your engineers then on that point, but um, it, it's fair enough. So, but at kind of its core, the, the lightning network allows you to do transactions over top of the blockchain, the Bitcoin blockchain in a manner that is cheaper and faster. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It basically allows people to transfer money without actually having to make all of those transactions on the the blockchain the bitcoin blockchain so you're not you're not running into all of those issues that you that you just mentioned where we're talking about you know it's it takes a long time um there's a lot of fees especially recently like the fees um are, are becoming higher and higher um so you're not having to kind of deal with like like th those are great th those things are a product of okay like everything that we love about bitcoin um but you know, it, it is not great for instant payments. Um, so really, yeah, the, the Lightning Network kind of allows um, for, like people to send Bitcoin without having to deal with um, those time and fee constraints. And maybe we'll get into this when we sort of get into your particular products. But say I'm, you know, you always hear the coffee example, like, right, like Bitcoin is, you shouldn't be buying cups of coffee with with Bitcoin, but with Lightning, it probably makes it a lot easier. So if if I own a coffee shop and I'm like, hey, I want to accept Lightning payments or I want to accept Bitcoin via the Lightning network, are are you able to talk about like how that process would go? Like how 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 a coffee shop owner could get up and running on on the Lightning network? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, you know. It used to be a lot more complicated. Now there are um, great solutions to that where, um, you know, I mean, it's obviously ideal if folks are hosting their own nodes um, and being totally in control of their funds. Um, you know, there's like BTC Pay Server, which is just like an amazing pro um, project that really helps um, someone like um, a um, like a coffee shop owner really create a lightning point of sale system. So, um, you know, there's a lot of places like that that are popping up. Um, and, you know, as the ecosystem matures and the technology matures, there's, you know, a, a whole host of like more of like a hosted type of solutions. So like if you don't want to um, run your own node, like there are, um, Kind of cloud hosted nodes where you can kind of pay someone to host your own node and then you know there are solutions like it's not like what i kind of view as ideal but you know there are like more custodial solutions um where you know you can kind of like 
kind of offboard that on to a company. And, you know, there's like, just like Bitcoin, there's like kind of a whole gradient of, you know, how much you are in control of your own funds. And, you know, I know a lot of folks like really like to attack people who don't like, you know, hold their own private keys and, you know, people who tend to gravitate towards more custodial solutions. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's very difficult for people to onboard to this technology. So if, um, you know, when, when people are newbies, like they're just learning, like they need kind of a safe space to go. So I do think like those custodial solutions offer um, a good on-ramp. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of those um, type of solutions as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I would say like a year or two ago it was like very difficult for a coffee shop to accept lightning. Like you would have to be like extremely technical and like really spend a lot of time on it. But right now it's, you know, you can kind of get up and running really quickly. Like obviously my favorite is um, BTC pay, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of different, um, you know, folks who are focusing on solving that problem. So is it the case that um, Lightning Labs is developing the layer two solution and then people or companies or projects build over top of that? That's sort of the sense I'm getting is that you guys are sort of custodians of the, the secondary layer. And then if somebody wants to build a solution for that coffee shop owner, then they just go and build it on top of the Lightning Network. Am I getting that right? Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't say we're custodial custodians of the um, of the Lightning Network. You know, we do build like the um, we build L and D, um, which is a Lightning Network game, and there are you know others. Um, Blockstream has one. Um, there is um, Async and Eclair, and they're all interoperable. So we're not we're definitely not like custodying anything um, or in control of anything, but we're obviously working on. Um, our instance of the Lightning Network, but yes, yeah, so like you, you've definitely got it right. Um, and then there's companies who build on top of that infrastructure. Um, so there's like a whole host of gaming companies um, who build their products on top of the Lightning Network using LND as a payment, um, as the payment rails for kind of whatever they're doing, whether that be, you know, chat apps, whether that be gaming, whether that be, um, you know, sats back type of reward systems like there's just like yeah they're like kind of that next layer on top of um on top of the lightning network gotcha okay i'm i'm still trying to wrap my head around so i you know if back to the coffee shop example say you mentioned this btc pay then they just offer like a user interface basically where the coffee shop owner could go and like plug in his or her keys and then have like some sort of little mechanism to accept lightning payments from from the coffee shop customers yeah so it's 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 like a payment processor it makes it like very just like kind of plug and play like from my and obviously i'm not running a store um on top of everything that i'm doing but um you know you just kind of um, go and you can use their like their interface and kind of plug it into um, you know the back end of your website or wherever you're kind of accepting payments and just do all the payment processing through that but it's like totally self-hosted um, and open source so um, you know it is like very you know pro bitcoin pro um, you know decentralization like nobody else is kind of custodying your funds so that's kind of the idea 
beside behind BTC Pay. And I think Bree's wallet is also, um, you know, when um, quarantine started, they had also, I believe, developed a kind of point of sale system that was like um, non-custodial to kind of help merchants start accepting Bitcoin payments. Yeah, and you know, I've I've been I've I've been vocal on my opinions on this. You mentioned the gradient of sort of interest in the Bitcoin community of folks who you know some are more pragmatic and want to increase adoption, but some are more, I guess, um, I'm trying to think of a nice way to put it, passionate about um, holding your keys and things. And you know, I'm certainly of the school that's like, well even if it's not perfectly, um, you know, pure, so to speak, if, if you're getting more merchants onboarded, if you're getting more people interested in Bitcoin, I'd say that's a win. And I, I mean, maybe I'll catch some flack about that, but I do think as just a general matter, more people using Bitcoin is better. Um, and I think systems in place that are flexible to allow sort of a multitude of use cases are great because that allows for different types of circumstances or people to be involved in the network. Yeah, I mean, we're never gonna, I mean, I, I get it totally. Like I am, I am through and through one of, want people to hold their own keys, like control their own funds, like not have any intermediaries ever do anything for you, but it's just not realistic. Like how many people that complain about this on Twitter, I mean, how many of those people have bought Bitcoin on Coinbase? Honestly, I mean, I bet you the majority sure. of them have in the past, right? You know, like my, the first time I bought Bitcoin was on, you know, um, like Kraken or something. It's just like, you know, that's kind of your entry point and we'll never mm -hmm. reach ma mass adoption. If we're like asking people to like go buy like a Trezor or like, you know, Open Dime or something to like, like hold their own keys and like feel like that's feel like they know what they're actually doing so these like slow gradient like the pushing people through that gradient is like really important you know most people feel comfortable and know what cash app is so buy your bitcoin and have it on that app and then you know people tend to go down the rabbit hole from there it's like okay well like i bought this bitcoin like is it safe here like should I leave it on here like should i put it somewhere else i heard somebody else talk about cold storage um and then you know people just kind of like continue down that path to like being totally self-sovereign and you know it, it's it's a slow process but we can't expect like somebody's 78 year old grandma to like hop on and be like oh hey like yeah i've got my cold storage in my bitcoin like screw coinbase it's like just just so unrealistic like if we actually want this thing to be what it is and at the end of the day i think these people are just gatekeepers and they want this to be insular and they want to be the smart the smart people in the room and at the end of the day, mm -hmm. they don't like they don't have bitcoin's best interest at heart i mean i yeah. you know like fight me on twitter for that comment like that's <laughs> my, my true feelings <laughs> a lot of the people that would fight me have probably been blocked already <laughs> This year, the IRS will require you to report your crypto activity when filing your tax returns. Crypto savvy taxpayers are using Node 40 to determine the taxes they owe or losses to claim. Whether you've traded the top five tokens or dove into the new and exciting world of DeFi, 
Node 40 will provide a bulletproof picture of your current tax liability. Exchanges alone can't provide the reports you need. That's why you need a group of crypto tax geeks like the team at Node 40 in your corner. With Node 40, you won't have to worry about surprises come tax time. Be smart, be prepared, and embrace your crypto lifestyle. My listeners can even take advantage of a bully promo code by signing up today at node40.com slash bully. That's N-O-D-E 40.com slash B-U-L-L-Y. The crypto.com Visa card pays you up to 8% cash back instantly. They also give you up to 100% rebate for Netflix, Spotify, and Amazon Prime. What's more, you can enjoy unlimited airport lounge access and interbank exchange rates. Plus, there are no annual monthly, or ATM withdrawal fees to worry about. Get $25 worth of CRO when you download the Crypto.com app with the code BULLY and stake 2,500 CRO or more to reserve a metal card. Reserve yours today at the Crypto.com app. Join Gemini, the number one cryptocurrency exchange in the world. Gemini is the go-to platform for beginners and sophisticated investors alike looking to build their crypto empire. It's available in more than 50 countries with industry-leading security, insurance, and uptime. You'll get access to the best-performing assets of the decade, including Bitcoin and Ethereum. Schedule your reoccurring buys on the Gemini mobile app to steadily build your position and go long and strong on crypto. Open a free account today in under three minutes at Gemini.com bully. If you do, you get 10 bucks in Bitcoin after you trade $100 or more within 30 days. Once again, that's Gemini.com slash bully. I, I mentioned earlier the, the different products. Are you able to run through, I, I know, I think on your website, it has pool, loop, daemon, and neutrino. Um, and people can obviously go to the website and do their own research. I'm just wondering if you can give us sort of a broad overview on like the different products Lightning Lab has. Um, I suppose there are ways to integrate to the Lightning Network, but maybe I'm I'm wrong. I'll just let you explain them. Yeah, so L&D is like our Lightning Labs implementation of um, the Lightning Network. Like I mentioned before, you know, there are other implementations um, that make up the entire network. Um, and there are like more people who are, you know, there's um, like additional companies that are working on other implementations. But they all are interoperable. And that's just, you know, the, the Lightning Network as a whole. Um, and then our products, so, you know, L&D, the Lightning Network Daemon, is not like a Lightning Labs product that you would come and use and pay for. That's like an open source pro- product that like we contribute to. Um, but um, Loop and Pool, those are like our two main products. And we've built those specifically for companies and businesses and routing node operators who are who they're tools for those users so they can better operate on top of the lightning network so um loop kind of was born out of i'm not sure if you remember um the whole lightning torch experiment that happened i don't know it must have been almost two years ago now um where basically you know one person sent however i think it was a thousand satoshis to the next person um, and then the next person sent it on with like an extra thousand sats on it. And it was like, it's just very interesting experiment to show um, that the Lightning Network actually worked. Like you can actually send these like tiny, tiny payments instantly over the network. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people actually ran into um, this whole inbound liquidity 
problem, which can be kind of confusing to understand. Um, but we basically, um, like in response to people running with that problem, we developed Lightning Loop, and that really kind of helps businesses and routing, um, routing node operators um, better manage their liquidity. So if you need to take some of your on-chain Bitcoin and you know, top up your channels on the Lightning Network, you can do that if you need to like get like if you need to transfer some of your Bitcoin um, that is on the Lightning Network to um, back to the um, back to on chain back to the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, Loop out will help you do that. So Loop is really a product to um, help users manage their liquidity. And then we have Lightning Pool, which um, we just released recently, um, and that. Lightning Pool is basically a non-custodial peer-to-peer marketplace for these businesses and Lightning Node operators to buy and sell access to this liquidity. So, you know, a lot of folks need liquidity and they can go to this marketplace and easily buy it. And if people have excess liquidity, they can um, go to this marketplace and actually sell it. So this has created, um, this has basically transformed this liquidity into a tradable asset and creates a way for you to actually earn yield on your Bitcoin. Um, so a lot of folks, um, you know, I know DeFi has been super popular um, and this is you know, what we would can kind of consider um, lightning finance um, instead of you know, decentralized finance. So um, that's, that's like been our most recent product um, which has been um, super popular as well. So, oh, sorry. Oh. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but on on the pool side, is there like, uh, is there does it throw a token? Is there like LBTC or something? That, no, it's that looks... It's just okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So it you know it's it doesn't get you know it it, it is just very much like this is earning yield like earning Bitcoin um, for the use of your Bitcoin. So it's not doesn't get like super complicated into like all of that. So. Sure. But if, if I have extra liquidity and I sort of, I guess, stake it or whatever word you guys use to describe that, contribute liquidity to the pool, then I'm rewarded in some sort of mechanism in Bitcoin for staking my Bitcoin to provide liquidity to the pool. Yeah, we can, you know, the way that I like to do it is like we're like, like people are renting or leasing out their Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I guess that would be the terminology that's kind of evolved um, alongside this product. Sure. That makes sense. And there's certainly a use for that, I'm sure, um, in all of these sort of capital intense markets we've all decided to develop. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's like super interesting that there's this, um, you know, this marketplace is developing into something that, you know, these kind of people who are super interested in this, um, this financial aspect of like, you know, DeFi, LiFi type of thing, you know, for me, I, I, I just find it really great that we can solve this pro pro problem that our users are running into, which is just like dealing with that liquidity problem. Um, you know, just being able to operate, to e easily operate their businesses on top of Lightning. Um, you know, I was talking to someone earlier today and it was like, okay, you know, it's, if you're a business, um, you're probably running your business on Lightning because for whatever reason, Lightning makes your business more efficient, whether it's like, um, you know, you're using, you're, you're doing sats back or a reward system with Bitcoin, like using lightning obviously makes more sense because you can offer like 
faster and cheaper um, payments and payouts um, over the Lightning Network. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you're operating a like a rewards, like a Satoshi's back program. So you're operating a business. Like what should you be focusing on? Like managing your node, like deal, like thinking about liquidity, like all this like operational overhead. No, like you want you really need to be focusing on running your business, increasing revenue, dealing with your own customers and your users. And so really these tools that we're creating are helping these businesses like better operate their businesses on top of lightning. So that's really kind mm -hmm. of, um, you know, our goal and the goal of these two, two products so far. So yeah, those are, that's like those two products. We also have something called lightning terminal, um, which is also, um, the abbreviation we use is lit um, and that's more of like a dashboard interface for kind of visualizing all of your channels. Um, so that that's kind of more of like a home for all the lightning labs products. So that's something that's not like listed on the website. That is um, a really cool thing. Um, that's, it's just, you know, a lot of these things are still being, uh, people are still operating in the command line. So it's, um, we're really pushing towards like helping people visualize these products and helping people, you know, put graphical um, user interfaces with these um, things so they can use them a lot more. Yeah. And that, that certainly goes back to adoption. And that's one thing I've sort of complained about ever since I got into crypto was like the UI is so heavy um, and bad, frankly, on most, you know, most blockchains and I guess solutions that are being built it's like the the ui is seemingly the last thing to be developed but those are the really the things that help push mass, mass adoption as if you know the merchant owner can go on and be like all right i'll just look at my little platform here and not try to figure out some command line <laughs> prompt and it certainly makes it easier for sort of someone without a deep technical background to get on board yeah i mean i think we're still so far away from having Bitcoin and, you know, especially even Lightning um, being at a place where it's super easy to onboard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think one thing that, you know, I think that the we'll see in the future is, you know, a lot of times I think about, you know, onboarding people to Bitcoin and then the next step is onboarding people to Lightning. I mean, that's two steps to just make something like help you get to a point where you can actually easily use this technology. Um, so, you know, I, my hope is, you know, someday we're just dealing with Bitcoin, right? Like everything just kind of operates very easily for you. Um, you know, when we um, kind of talk about like the gaming use case, it's like very interesting to see people come to these games and start winning Bitcoin and, um, you know, they're onboarded directly to Lightning. But to explain that to them is like very confusing. To them, it's like, oh, cool, I just won Bitcoin. Like, they don't actually understand, like, oh, wait, I have Bitcoin on the Lightning Network, which is different than Bitcoin on-chain. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think at some point in the future, like, that we're going to stop separating those two things out, and it's just going to be Bitcoin. Um, I mean, I think that's pretty far down the line, but, like, yeah, I mean, there's just so much for a new user to, to learn and, and to understand, like we're so far from, from being anywhere where like usability is, is something that would, people would start onboarding to. Um, you know? I mean, even we're at another all time high and you know, people aren't flocking, I mean, still to this. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting. And I mean, yeah, the, the as far as the price issue, if we do get mass, 
retail adoption of Bitcoin, you have to think that this price will not even come close to where it'll end up. But um, it, it's a good point on the sort of usability narrative side. One, one thing you mentioned a few times over the last couple of minutes, both with regards to Loop, um, and I think it was with regards to Lit as well, were channels. And I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with this concept, but do you mind sort of unpacking what a channel on Lightning Labs is and how, how it sort of functions? Yeah, um, I think it's, um, you know, it's interesting, to, like, you know, it's called a Lightning Network for a reason, is because it is a network of actual payment channels. So, um, you know, obviously, if I just wanted to send some Bitcoin to you, I could just send it to you, right? Um, just between the two of us. But the idea is, is that, you know, maybe there's someone like you have a friend whose name is like, Denise, um, or that sounds too much like Desiree. So maybe we go with like, Ashley. So your friend is Ashley and say, I want to send, um, I want to say, I want to send Bitcoin to Ashley, but I don't have a, a um, channel open directly to her. So I can actually just route that payment through the Lightning Network and I just route through you. Um, so, you know, obviously if you extrapolate that like on a much larger scale, um, you know, you can send, I can send a lightning um, transaction or lightning payment to anybody in the network and it just goes through, it's just routed through different peers on the network um, until it finds like the, you know, there's a lot of like different um, things it depends on, but you know, once it finds like the cheapest or fastest or whatever um, kind of parameters you set, um, you know, it will be routed um, through the network through however many hops it takes to get there. Gotcha. Okay. I think that makes sense. And so you'd, you'd know, you'd be able to get it to Ashley because you know my sort of how to get Bitcoin to me. Is that sort of the idea? So it's, I mean, that I wouldn't, I don't need to know every person in the, the um, payment route. So like if it's, so, so yeah yeah so I know you but then like what if you know Jeff and then you know Tom and then I actually want to get to Catherine so mm -hmm. it just I I don't need I don't I don't need to know like Jeff or Tom I just need to know that I'm sending to Catherine and the the lightning network will um route that through all those individuals to get there so it's just that's what kind of makes it um that, that's like that's kind of the network effect of it. It's just like this network of payment channels. Gotcha. Okay, that's helpful. Thanks. Um, so now to the fun stuff, I guess. You know, you mentioned like gaming. I think earlier you mentioned Fold and Strike. There's obviously Lolly, which we see a lot of. Um, I thought maybe it would be fun for you to like talk about what you think are some of the cooler projects being built on lightning and like how those are using lightning to really like get people interested in and using Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, folks who know me that will know that I have a um, huge spot in my heart for um, the gaming ecosystem and there's a lot of games that are being built on Bitcoin um, so they're obviously using the lightning network because um, it's very difficult to pay people um, 
with Bitcoin with such small amounts in games. Um, and so I am super involved um, with a project called Mint Gox, which is a monthly esports um, and gaming showcase. Um, it's like a tournament showcase and it's kind of cool. So there's a few um, companies in the ecosystem that are, um, you know, building games and also like gaming SDKs um, and platforms that allow um, kind of indie developers to publish games on. Um, so that's the use case that's like nearest and dearest to my heart. Um, and that's just, you know, the light, like Bitcoin just really opens up like new possibilities for gaming. Um, you know, it's we're finally bringing value, like true value back into these gaming um, ecosystems. So it's like really, really cool. We're playing with um, a lot of different new possibilities. Um, we have a dashboard where we kind of stream these, um, we stream these tournaments and you can act, you can just use your um, lightning wallet on your phone to stream or to send like 250 satoshis and it will drop a power up directly in the game so view it's a, it breaks the fourth wall between viewers and players because now i can just watching the term not even playing i can actually interact with the game um bitcoin bounty hunt by donner lab they um they did a tournament um yesterday actually and i could um send satoshis and increase the bounty on different players heads it's like a first person shooter game and um you know if someone was in first place i would just send more bitcoin more bitcoin and all the other players could see that that person had the highest bounty on their head um so they would go try and um kill that person and pick up their bounty um which is real bitcoin so when they pick up the bounty they actually are earning real bitcoin and cashing out at the end of the game um so there's a lot of really cool neat use cases um around gaming like that um it's not just like oh hey the ability to actually um transact with real value in these games um but there's just like it really opens up um a new a new world of um you know in-game economies and you know even there's a ton of potential for kind of secondary economies or secondary markets um outside of these games as well um so that's my personal um favorite use case but there's a lot of other really neat things um going on um i'm not the father of podcasting adam Curry has recently gotten really interested in um, Bitcoin and Lightning payments, and he has um, migrated his podcast to um, an app called Sphinx Chat, and that is a um, chat service that is built on um, that's built on the Lightning Network. So, like, I can join specific podcast channels, and I can actually stream payments while listening to the podcast. So, if there's like something I really like on your podcast, I can just like send you like a 10 Satoshi tip um, and actually start tipping creators. Um, and, you know, you can set it up. Um, I have one for like Lightning Gaming where um, you you pay like 10 Satoshis to join and then it's a Satoshi to send a, um, a to send one message. That kind of helps reduce, with, reduce spam. So, yeah, Sphinx Chat um, is doing a lot of cool stuff with that. And, and every week I've kind of like started trying to track like the new podcasts that have migrated over to that app. And it just like, just keeps being more and more and more. So um, that's like, you know, the past, um, the past few weeks, that's kind of been um, my favorite, um, my favorite new company to kind of watch. 
Sure. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I suppose when you reduce the transaction, I guess, friction, and you reduce fees to effectively zero, you can do all sorts of interesting novel stuff because you don't have to worry about, you know, the is the threshold being met? Like you said, you can, you can send 10 Satoshis, which is what, I, I don't know. It's probably like a 10th of a cent or something. It's like not. Okay. Right. And I, I think I remember at one point, um, one of the crypto graffiti artists doing like one, one millionth of a cent or something. He sent like the smallest, payment ever sent <laughs> in the history of any network via the lightning network. So you can really get down to like these nominal sums, but it, you're, I think, you know, it seems like what you're getting at is the sky's the limit then because you can build all of these like super interesting novel ideas on, on top of that. Yeah, it, it, exactly. I mean, you know, um, Ryan Gentry, who, um, recently started at lightning labs i mean he's just like fascinated with like the potential for like iot and connected devices like you know can these devices begin paying each other like a millionth of a sat um or a millionth of a of a cent um to you know like send um data you know he has like a lot of cool ideas around that so yeah and that's really like um you know when you start talking about um talking about building on lightning it's not just like oh hey like we're making it faster cheaper and easier to send these payments we're actually opening up a whole new world of possibilities that just aren't possible with the current you know fiat system mm -hmm. yeah the the gaming stuff's super interesting so you mentioned mint gox are you are you just sort of, you're like a fan or are you actually like affiliated with the company or is it a project? I know I saw it in your Twitter bio. So I, I figured I'd ask you kind of, or like maybe they're affiliated with lightning labs. I'm not sure exactly where they. Yeah, fit. no, I mean, it's not, you know, affiliated with lightning labs. Um, it's, it's a project. So um, there is um, another gaming company called Zebedee and they are building um, an SDK for um games on lightning and they also have like a really nice um beautiful gaming wallet that's very easy to integrate into your games um so their ceo simon and i were on a call um earlier this year and this was like right after covid happened and um, i had been planning some like lightning gaming content at a conference and um, Simon had a bunch of stuff planned at some in-person conferences earlier this year and those were obviously canceled um, and we were kind of like bummed out that all these events were canceled there's no real opportunity to showcase um, the lightning gaming use case so um, we were like okay let's try and do something virtual so we came up with um, it's magical internet gathering and it was really let's just showcase what these companies are doing in this space and we did it in the form of an esports tournament there was kind of a used to be um, a bigger vr component to it as well um and it, we we did it and there was a ton of really great feedback ton of engagement and so we're like okay let's just kind of continue doing it so um it's really just a project that um Myself, Simon, Andre, and Chris from Zebedee, and then also Jack from Thunder Games. We just kind of um, put that event on every um, every month, and um, we, it's actually like the cadence is picking up. We have like it's growing so big. We have to have qualifiers, um, and you know 
more frequent events um, to have people involved. So yeah, it's just like, um, it's growing and growing. We can't really keep up with it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a really cool opportunity um, to play around with um, different um, models for advertising. We've partnered with um, Bitrefill and we have this like pit stop in one of the um, racing tracks. So it's like a Mario Kart type of um, style game. And um, you can like drive through this Bitrefill station and you get, you get 10 Satoshis when you drive through and you can either use those Satoshis to, um, to, use it as a projectile to kind of hit your opponents and like get first place so you can actually choose to like just save those satoshis and cash out at the end of the game so it's like kind of like a, a really interesting like game mechanic um where it's like okay do you are you going to try and win like the grand prize or are you going to just like try and like collect as many satoshis in game and then cash those out um so you know bit refills using that as a um, advertising opportunity and then um, we've built into this um, kind of streamer dashboard that folks um, can cash out directly to BitRefill, um, you know, with like their game winnings or um, any extra Satoshis they have. So we're kind of experimenting with this circular advertising model that's not like usually, um, not usually possible um, with, you know, esports right now. And eventually we want to make it possible to actually buy um, you know, buy physical goods in the game, um, but it, it'd be virtual. So if you wanted to buy a bit, for, you could actually buy a physical, well, I guess bit refills, um, gift cards are digital anyways, but you could buy a real life bit refill gift card in the game with the coin that you actually picked up or won in the game. So we're kind of experimenting with that and, you know, reducing, um, customer acquisition costs. So we're playing, a, 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 we're playing around a lot with like, you know, how can these micro payments, these micro transactions um, kind of bring more advertising dollars to this, to this event. So it, it's kind of an interesting experiment. Like right now, it's just like a side project um, a few of us are working on, but it's been really interesting to see what's, what's possible with these like micro transactions. Sure. Yeah, I suppose. And then you layer VR over top of it. And it's just like, it starts to make your head spin thinking about all the different possibilities you can implement in like augmented reality with like Satoshi payments layered over top of reality. Like it gets kind of crazy. Yeah, that's, um, you know, Chris Moss at Zebedee, like he's been thinking about like all these things, like how can you like actually p play games in VR, you know, and buy and send or like, you know, send and receive payments in VR. Um, you know, right now it's like a little difficult because, you know, you have the whole QR code and, you know, you have, you have to pay an invoice. And so getting around that um, is a little difficult. So hopefully in his like copious amounts of free time, he can figure out how to get around that. But like the possibility is there. And then honestly, we don't ever need to leave VR. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I always had this theory that like the reason we've never met intelligent life is not because they don't have the capability of exploring the universe. They're just like, they sort of fall in and they're like, well, there's way cooler stuff to do if we develop sufficient technology like VR and just like living inside of a computer basically. And maybe that's where we're heading. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Like, <laughs> who knows? Like there's so much ancient, ancient, ancient alien theory. Like it's all possible, right? Yeah. <laughs>
Awesome. Well, you know, we have a few minutes left. Is is there anything else you're working on? Um, anything else Lightning's doing? Anything Mint Gox or you're doing on, on the side that you want my listeners to know about? Yeah, no. I mean, I think, you know, folks should definitely, uh, you know, check out Lightning Pool. Um, we will be like putting out um, a UI for that here pretty soon. So, um, you know, if, if folks are interested, check that out. You know, also if like you're interested in trying it out, um, shoot us an email at pool at lightning.engineering. Um, like we're very eager to have folks kind of get on board and start testing that out. Um, and then with Think Ox, our, um, our next event is actually coming up a month from now. Um, I believe it's December 29th, like right after Christmas. It's going to be a huge event. Um, we're going to be actually, sorry, it's December 27th. So right after Christmas, um, we're going to have like a much bigger prize pool, lots and lots of games to play. It'll be like a much longer event. So, um, you know, folks want to come and compete. Um, you know, I think yesterday we gave out a thousand dollars in prizes. Um, so there is, um, a lot of free Bitcoin to be had. Um, and all you have to do is play video games. So, um, (laughs) there's very low barrier to entry. No, you don't have to put up any money up front. So, yeah, I mean, those are the two main things that I'm working um, on right now. But yeah, I just encourage people to like kind of dive in with the Lightning Network. Um, you know, if people need, like, don't know where to get started, I, you know, shoot me a DM, um, like happy to like point folks in the right direction. And what what's your Twitter, Twitter handle for those who don't follow yeah, you? Yeah, it is at Dickerson underscore Des. Awesome. Well, Des, it was a, it was a pleasure catching up. It's uh, it's pretty incredible all the stuff you're working on. It sounds like you're staying plenty busy. So thanks for thanks for coming on and chatting with me. Yeah, no, thanks for having um, me. This has like been a blast to kind of catch up and chat. All right, well, yeah, go check out Lightning Network and Des. Thanks, thanks again. Yeah. All right. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. New episodes go live every Wednesday, at 7 a.m. Eastern. Links to our Apple and Spotify channels are in the show notes. You can also follow me on Twitter at BullyESQ to continue the conversation. See you next week.